right, I know some of you were worried, maybe, that uh, last week's Bills be might be the last one because of uh, some news of uh, my, uh, my, my main man and my co-host Matthew Fairburn last week. But worry you should not, because the Bills beat is here to stay. Uh, my name is Joe Biscalia. With me, as always, is Matthew Fairburn. Now, with some uh, pretty new call letters next to it. Uh, Matthew Fairburn has accepted a new job. He'll still be covering the Bills, but he's uh, he, he's found a, a great opportunity. Matthew, tell us all about uh, what you're doing now and, and where... Uh, and and really what what you're going to be doing going forward here. Yeah, I jumped on board on Monday, well, a little bit before that, at, at The Athletic. Launched a, a Buffalo page and gave me a call and asked me if I wanted to, to cover the Bills. So, um, yeah, a lot of people were wondering. It was like the first question I got when it was I kind announced of... it was like, please tell me you're still doing the podcast. Yeah. Because well, a few days before that, I announced that I wouldn't be working at Syracuse.com in New York Upstate anymore, and that was the first question: was Oh my God, please tell me the podcast isn't going anywhere. <laughs> and we, which listen, is awesome. Yeah, I mean, so awesome that you guys love us that much that, uh, or even just like us or tolerate us right. really at this point. But really, thank you for reaching out and and that because that part was humbling. But go ahead. Yeah, Matthew. that was incredible, and and that's part of the the beauty of of the new job is uh, I still get to stay in Buffalo, still get to cover the Bills. And still get to do the Bills Beat podcast here with Joe. So, um, yeah, we've got we've got a deal going on. It is a subscription site. I already heard from so many podcast listeners in the comments that you know they subscribed and hoped I would still be doing the podcast. But we've got a, a special deal going on through Monday. I think it is. If you go to theathletic.com slash Buffalo Launch, you get thirty percent off and a free T shirt. And that's a pretty good deal. It's exciting news. It's been an exciting first week. We've got uh, some good stuff up there already. Q&A with Brandon Bean, a few features I did, including one on Kelvin Benjamin today. And, um, you know, you can find my stuff there, but you'll still hear me twice a week, three times a week, however many times a week um, we deem necessary here on the Billsby. So oh, it's, yeah. a, it's a exciting opportunity and i think we're gonna have some fun oh yeah i mean i mean it's it's a great opportunity for you and quite honestly i mean i mean y'all know this because because uh, you listen to the bills beat here but uh, matthew was was destined for for a, a bump up like this and it was it was only a matter of not if but when and you know i'm glad uh, from selfishly that you get to stay in buffalo because you get to Keep proliferating the Bills beat, and because uh, because we can still hang out, and that 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 part of it is cool. And of course, now everybody benefits because now you get to do a cool thing. We all get to do the Bills beat. It's all it's all one big giant Bills beat family. It's, it's a, a win win win. Yeah, of course, Michael Scott. Yeah, win win win. <laughs> Perfect. Um, all right. Well, to kick off a new era in Matthew Fairburn's career. Uh, we decided because the spring workouts are now done, um, and and now the Bills are in a bit of a lull going forward here until July 26th when they get in in uh, back to St. John Fisher College for training camp and Pirate Day uh, and what, Pirate Day. Pirate Most Day. importantly, Pirate yeah. Day. Yes, I know. I know. Fans are taking to Pirate Day quite well, and why should they not? I mean, it's it's going to be incredible, and 
Even though I don't really know if if the Bills exactly know <laughs> what these theme days are going to be. Anyway, I digress. So we wanted to open up the floor to you guys for some questions and, and really some of the, the bigger questions that you have about the Bills or really anything. We're, really no topic is off is off limits. I mean, I guess there's some, but... Mm, very few. Very few. That's right. I mean, yeah. Yeah, whatever whatever you guys wanted to know, I put out a tweet and... Yeah, it's uh, it, there's a lot of good questions already coming in. But before we get to your questions, just have to say, I believe, Matthew, it is time for the old giveaway. And I think you're right. I don't—listen, nobody's going to be getting a jersey out of today. But here's the deal. Same thing as we did last time, and— and if you remember how we did it last time, then good on you. But if you didn't, here's a refresher. Matthew Fairburn will give, what did we decide on, Jake Plummer? I think Jake Plummer was the consensus. And we're still going to have one later in the summer as well because we've got to we've got to hook up with Buffalo Wins yeah. whenever he's in town because he's got the Bills goods. The only Bills jersey I had was Mar- Marshawn Lynch. But... Is People it, did ask for Jake Plummer. Ah, uh, is it Jake Plummer Broncos or Jake Plummer Cardinals? Jake Plummer Cardinals. Okay. One of the old vintage Cardinals jerseys, Ooh. a white one. It's uh, Be careful with the word vintage. It's it's pretty nice. <laughs> it's white? It's white. It's mm. uh it's it's good times. So it's it's a good one, but you know, for the Bills beat listeners, I'm willing to part with it. <laughs> All right. Well, well that is what it's what is at stake. The Jake Plummer white vintage Cardinals jersey, um, Matthew Fairburn's words, not mine. Uh, this that is what is at stake here. Now the the way to get in on the contest, head over to Apple Podcasts and and give us a rating. And you have to double that up by throwing a comment our way. And you know just and within the confines of the comment, make sure you put your Twitter handle or some some way for us to get a hold of you so that way uh, that way we don't have to go looking and, and <laughs> go on a go on a major search for who gets this Jake Plummer jersey. So like I said, to get that plumber jersey, um, just need you to rate us on Apple Podcasts and then leave a comment. Those two things it'll take you what at most, 25 to 45 seconds of your life yeah, you're already on the app yeah you know. exactly so and if you have well so this is only itunes and so if you're not on itunes you can rate us somewhere else yeah you can send us a screenshot yeah on you Twitter can and you know that'll work too. right you can screenshot it you can uh comment on soundcloud or something or rate us in, on soundcloud and and leave a comment along those lines i mean there's a lot of different ways we're on google play soundcloud apple apple podcast and stitcher so Really, uh, if if you're on Apple Podcasts, that that'd be the good one. But any other will do here. So, uh, we'll, what we'll do is what we did last time. We'll put everybody's name into a little bag or a hat or something. Maybe even we'll form a bag out of the Jake Plummer jersey itself, yes. and then pick one out of it and uh, maybe video it just just for uh, just for note taking sake. But but yeah, that's that's what we'll do, and uh, hopefully. You guys uh, will, will uh, somebody is going to get themselves a fine looking jersey. It's going to be it's, great. It's a sweet jersey. I, I can't remember what size it is. It's either an adult medium or an adult large. Hey, even if it doesn't fit, 
put that sucker in a frame and it would just look great on anybody's wall. It's, I mean, who, what a great conversation starter a Jake Plummer jersey is. Let me tell you from does, experience. Does it have like the, the little patch with the blue and yellow sunlight? Yes. Com- oh! Which is why I called okay. it vintage. Okay. And, and that's like vintage Cardinals. Okay. All right. I'm into that. I'm into that. So again, are you going to put your name in the hat? I might. <laughs> I'm, I'm going to rate us and comment on, on our own podcast. It'll be great. Um, all right. So that that's the steps you need to take. Look forward to giving that away sometime in the next couple of weeks here. All right. To business now. Um, I think the place to start will be the Q&A because really there's a lot of uh, different questions being thrown at us and, and uh, some pretty good ones, some pretty thoughtful ones. Um, some some about movies, some about the the roster, some about Darlene. I mean, the, the swath. Watch it. Yeah, I know. The swath of questions is pretty good. So let's kick it off, shall we? Um, the first one that came in, I think, is very interesting. Um, Eric, at EF Grimm, wrote in, Do the Bills keep three quarterbacks on the roster come week one? We touched a little bit about this on the last podcast, Matthew, but... You know, I a lot of that really all depends on if Nathan Peterman can continue what he's been doing in spring and if Josh Allen takes a step forward. Because if those two things happen, then why the heck do you need to keep A.J. McCarron on board? I mean, financially, you could swing it. But that, that to me, is the only way for them to get to only two quarterbacks on the roster for week one. Yeah, I think all of it comes down to A.J. McCarron because Josh Allen and Nathan Peterman, to me, seem pretty safe. Uh, I think, you know, this regime has invested in those guys with draft picks. I don't think they're going to cut Nathan Peterman for the sake of a roster spot. But if Peterman and Josh Allen both look better than A.J. McCarron, like you said, there's no reason really to keep McCarron around I mean Mm -hmm. unless unless you really don't feel comfortable with Josh Allen being your primary backup or you know or Nathan Peterman being your primary backup if Josh Allen wins the job but I don't know that you need to keep all three and I think we've seen this in the past that there are times where you know they've made sometimes surprising moves to get rid of one of these quarterbacks just to free up a roster spot there's not a ton of teams in the league that keep three quarterbacks around and you know even the bills last year you know when they had they had what joe webb kicking around but he was doing so many different things so he was a special teams guy more than he was a quarterback so he was kind of all over the place and i don't know i think it's an interesting conversation because i think depending on how these guys perform and depending on the order they want to go in you could make a case that you know maybe they they can get creative and trade one of these guys mm-hmm. and you know recoup a late round pick. Maybe that's the move with AJ McCarron. Maybe it's not outright cutting him. Maybe it's just getting something in return. So I don't know. It'll be interesting. I think with a gun to my head, I would say all three of these guys aren't on the roster in the fall. But I don't know if uh, you know there's going to be so much at play in training camp that will decide that. I just mm-hmm. think it is very much. A, a real possibility yeah I you know it could be it it could happen and I think for them AJ McCarron is a bit of a safety blanket at this point because 
even though he probably shouldn't be because he's got a whopping seven games under maybe you know, seven not a lot of passes to his name in in an actual game setting so I think for him he just needs to show that he can consistently hit his open targets even if he doesn't throw it down the field a ton I mean he'll he'll take some chances some uh, maybe chance is the wrong term, but he'll he'll take some looks down the field when it's his first read, um, and and that will be something he has to continue to show in preseason. But you know, I think you'd be kidding yourself if you if you don't think that uh, Josh Allen and Nathan Peterman are what this organization wants to be their one and two moving forward. They love Nathan Peterman. I mean. Anytime you talk to Sean McDermott, or even Brandon Bean for that matter, they rave about the guy and his mentality and, and everything that that uh, that he has come to be in his second year, especially with what he went through last year with, that, uh, uh, with the five interception game. So he's got a, a bum rap around NFL Twitter because everyone remembers him for that game. And, you know, that's part of his story, most certainly. But... All that said, the Bills do not care about that. They see a guy who spends countless hours working on at it. He, you know, he probably knows the playbook the best of the three guys at this moment, and he's shown signs of improvement through the spring, and that's what they wanted to see with him. They they didn't want to see him, you know, turtle and regress or anything like that. They they wanted to see him improve, and that's what they've seen so far. Granted, it is it is spring, so if if he's the one, or if Josh Allen wins the job, and he's the one, and Peterman showed well enough to be the two, then yeah, just get to step in, AJ. I mean, there's there's no reason for him to be here, other than just taking up a roster spot that could be otherwise used elsewhere. And it depends, I guess, if they, you know, how they really want to structure this roster, and, you know, how, if they do feel like they're sitting there saying, yeah, we like Peterman, we like Josh Allen, but, you know, both of those guys are still pretty young and still pretty green. To your point, I mean, A.J. McCarron isn't exactly a yeah. trusted veteran. He hasn't played a whole lot. Who is he? <laughs> and a lot of this, you know, of course will be predicated on how they perform in camp, but it's not going to cripple them to get rid of A.J. McCarron, you know, on the cap. It, it'll be, you know, not the most convenient thing in the world, but we're not talking about a huge dead cap number there. Uh, it's it's not too big of a deal for them. So I'm interested to see how it all plays out. I, mm-hmm. I think, you know, like I said, I, I don't see a reason if he's the third best and clearly the third best to keep him on the roster. But, you know, this regime has has invested something in him. So it's possible that, that they keep him around or just, Maybe he's penciled in as the two, and it, you know they don't feel too comfortable putting one of the other guys as the primary backup. I guess we'll just preseason's going to tell tell that too. Yeah, it's all it's all depending on what Josh Allen does. It, that's that's really it. <laughs> yeah. If if Josh Allen comes right out and wins the job, then kind of makes AJ McCarron inexpendable. All right, moving on. Uh, let's see, Bruce. Well, his. He put his name as Bruce Wayne. I don't think his real name is Bruce Wayne. That would be something if it, if it is, was. And that'd be a, probably the most famous listener we have. Uh, I don't think his name is actually Bruce Wayne because his handle is at Pain Patron. 
P-A-Y-N-E. Still don't have a handle on exactly what his name is. But anyway, he asks, is there a trade market for Shaq? If so, what are some options? I think there is a trade market for Shaq Lawson because, I mean, no matter where you look, pass rusher is just one of those positions that the teams are willing to take on reclamation projects, especially if it doesn't cost them an arm and a leg to do it. So if if you're the Bills and and he's not performing up to what you want him to, or if he comes to camp and isn't as motivated as he was during the spring workouts, or um, it kind of goes back to what he has been the past couple of years, then you think to yourself, all right, well, what's what's it take for us? A third, maybe a fourth, something like that. And at that point, for a team, you get a former first-round pick, a former 19th overall selection, and you sit there and say, all right, that's, that's worth the shot at this. Because if he hits, then we just got a first-round talent for a third or a fourth-round pick. I, I honestly think the Bills want to see how he how he does once he gets to training camp. And um, I, I think he is, Shaq is an interesting dude because you would think he has the body, the, the game to really do things on the field. But he just, he, did, he really didn't do much after the first six weeks. And even the six weeks were just run support and really fell off after that. So the, the Bills know it's a big year for him. And... Yeah, I thought it was really interesting what Brandon Bean said to you in your Q&A with, with him. Yeah, he kind of put him on blast a little bit. He didn't really shy away from, you know, the question that the future is kind of up in the air. And, you know, he basically said that, you know, this franchise, it was the only time in the whole Q&A that he didn't say we. It was this franchise invested a lot in him, which... <laughs> Uh, you know, obviously was not change of phrase. (laughs) Uh, And he said, it's no secret. He hasn't lived up to that, you know, being a first round pick. So um, he basically questioned what Shaq Lawson would be doing in the next five weeks, because I think it's, you know, he had some weight issues last year. Mm -hmm. He has had some effort issues. He's, he's not one of their guys. Uh, I don't know that he would be here if, Brandon Bean and Sean McDermott were running the team in 2016. In fact, I would, you know, hazard a guess that he would not be. So, um, you know, he, Brandon Bean mentioned, you know, the guy's talented, but is he going to, is it going to come on? Is the light going to come on for him in the next five weeks and through training camp? And basically he said training camp will tell a lot about where his career in Buffalo is heading, which is, which tells you everything you need to know, I think. And, Shaq Lawson is going down to work with Chuck Smith, the pass rushing specialist based out of Atlanta, who's produced quite a few 10 sack guys, but you know, you can't, it doesn't happen automatically. You have to put in the work and things have to click for you. Shaq told me last week that he felt like he was on the trading block all off season and it kind of woke him up a little bit, which, (laughs) yeah, I mean, Shaq's not dumb, you know? So Mm -hmm. he saw that he saw Trent Murphy come in. I mean, if he's going to make the impact that they hope he can make, he's going to have to do it from a rotational, you know, role because Trent Murphy is probably going to be, you know, the starter there. Jerry Hughes will start at the other spot. So Shaq Lawson will rotate in. He'll probably kick inside the defensive tackle at times uh, in pass rushing situations. So, but to me, you know, what's the value Mm -hmm. if you're another team? I think you're looking at something like the Reggie Ragland trade 
maybe even a little bit worse. And then you're saying, is it worth getting a fourth or fifth round pick for this guy? You know, and maybe it is, you know, maybe we, we talked about, you know, Eddie Yarborough getting some reps right behind Jerry Hughes. I mean, they have other guys Mm -hmm. that they feel good about. So Shaq's four on the depth chart right now at defensive end. Right. Yarborough has replaced him. And so at that point, you know, Maybe you do just take what you can get, a fourth or fifth round pick, and get him out of your locker room. I don't know. We'll see. He seems to be telling everybody that will listen that he's different and that he's motivated. Mm -hmm. But it's easy to be motivated, you know, with no pads on and, you know, when everybody's watching. But we'll see what happens when push comes to shove. And he's going to have limited opportunities, I think, to shine. And so he really needs to take advantage of it. Well, maybe the Bills are just hoping that. He does well enough to pique the interest of someone. I mean, they do have a couple of interesting guys behind Shaq Lawson that you could you could sit there and go, all right, I can see them keeping him. Owa Odigizua is one of them who has a lot of talent and you know hasn't really stuck anywhere. Uh, Terrence Fade is someone that has some uh, flexibility the same way that they're trying to do with Shaq Lawson where they can put him inside, outside, everything like that. Um, and I don't think that Mike Love or Matt Boson is going to factor in the, into the equation. But if one of Odigizua or Fide plays well enough, I could sit there and, and see them going, you know what? Shaq has improved, but is it always going to be there? And he, if he's improved enough to where it's warranting a third, let's just do it. Even a fourth might be worth I mean, they were willing yeah. to get rid of Reggie Ragland, you know, for pennies on the dollar so was that a four that was a four as well so you got to get more than a four you know i would think you need to get a little bit more than a four but what has he done to warrant it so i think best case scenario is probably that he plays well enough to either get you a third or just be a really solid piece of your defensive line rotation i think that's the the nice thing about what they've done in the offseason is they've got a lot more depth on the defensive line jerry hughes trent murphy uh, you know, Star Latulale, Kyle Williams as your as your front four is a lot better than what they had this time a year ago. So uh, maybe that that just gives them some depth. But if not, they're also in a position where they could potentially get a draft pick and mm-hmm. just move on and get get one step closer. You know, I Brandon Bean brought it up when we talked. He said, "I'm looking forward to the point where we have a roster full of guys that are." bought in and we're not talking about this type of stuff interesting um i think you know is interesting because i asked him he didn't say that during the shack lawson answer it was just in a i i did mention shack but i said you know whether it's shack or lashawn mccoy or whoever it seems like everybody's wondering what your next move's going to be because Mm -hmm. you've just been trading like crazy so i said you know you know what do you make of that reputation that you've developed and he said you know we hope that guys see you know that if they're working hard doing everything, being a pro and giving us all they've got, then that's what we're looking for. And I look forward to the day when we sit here and there are no worries about anybody. Everybody is the pro's pro, Mm -hmm. our kind of guy who wants it and is a great teammate, which basically says that they're not there right now. And so who are those guys and are they going to move on from them? Shaq Lawson could be one of them, but, you know, we'll see. Uh, They're getting closer and closer, though, to being completely rid of Doug Whaley's guys. Yep. All right, curveball, curveball question from uh, Jeffrey Lewis Cook, who asks, 
Who wins in a 40-yard dash between the two of you? I'll let you field this one. I'm interested to see what you have to say. That's a. I would probably say you would win. It's it's the length. You're quite tall. Yeah. I've never formally done a 40-yard dash, so I would have no idea on the technique. Right. In fact, that might be an entertaining um, video of watching us race in a 40-yard dash. That would be something. I have a feeling um, I would have a tough time getting out of the blocks. I (laughs) I have a tough time getting up to full speed these days. But I mean, you can only you can only I guess you can see how the combine guys do it. And maybe we need to hire that Steelers guy to come over here and tell us our technique and to stop us short if we're if we're, if we're uh, cheating yes. yeah if we're cheating exactly <laughs> but you were a you just ran a half marathon i did you've got quite long legs former wide receiver correct i <laughs> yeah. mean i i think more than likely unless we did the 40 yard dash on skates then i then <laughs> you i would think have i me. would have the edge you but. would have me and you would finish the 40 yard dash i wouldn't even be done with 10 <laughs> at that point no i can't skate um yeah i'll i'll give i'll give my my length, the advantage there. Yeah, it's six five. But there's only one way to find out, really. True, true. Um, that 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 would be an entertaining one. I've always wondered how I would perform in the training camp conditioning test because it seems like every year we would hear about one guy failing the conditioning mm, test. Oh, what was his name? The the one lineman that Alan Branch failed it. Alan Branch failed it. There was Marcel one... failed it once upon a time. Of course. Carlos Williams failed it. Uh, there was a lineman that failed it, and Marone just cut him. And he ended up starting somewhere. Maybe even Carolina. Okay. He had dreadlocks. I think he was it must have been before Arizona. I was here. Really? Because Alan Branch was the big one who failed it and took a while. And then he ended up getting cut because he got a DUI and puked on the side of the road. God. Um, but was, then he ended up landing in New England and having a good year. So yeah, maybe a Super the Bowl out of it. conditioning test isn't everything. <laughs> All right. Uh, so next up we have, let's see, Tyler at Stiegel Design. Stiegel underscore design. Sorry about the underscore. Um, what are each of your top three Bills roster sleepers? I think for this one, rather than you just saying three or me just saying three, we'll give one. One, sleeper one, draft one. Yeah, sleeper look. draft. Perfect. I will give you the first pick. I will take two and three. How about that? And then you take four and five. I'll, I'll round it out with six. I'm going to... My first pick in a sleeper draft is going to be Malachi Dupree. Ah. Because... First on my board. <laughs> he was sneaky good early in the spring, but then he got the hamstring injury. Yes. He's a guy that I think was underused in college and... Big time recruit, super fast, big guy. I think he has a really good chance to crack this roster and mm-hmm. be a legitimate player for this team. And they desperately need help at wide receiver. And this is a team building thing where you know you have a guy in your practice squad and you hope that you can bump him up and he can contribute. And so a lot of people know about Brandon Riley in that mold of being the practice squad guy and you know being the the big sleeper. But I think. That's what makes Malachi Dupree even a, mm-hmm. a trendier sleeper this summer. All right. Well, you you took the top guy on my board. I'm going to take the second guy on your board, Levi Wallace uh, mm-hmm. from Alabama, the cornerback. Uh, he's just, from a personality standpoint, from a game standpoint, I mean, this is a creation in the lab from Sean McDermott. I mean, 
the 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 trouble or not the trouble the I guess the adversity he's had to battle throughout his life, whether it be um, his dad passing away from I believe it was leukemia, um, and then you know being essentially being not recruited whatsoever out of Arizona, walks on to Alabama, at one point was playing like flag football, um, and then working his way into a scholarship and then to starting for just one of the most prolific uh, college football teams in history. I mean, uh, under Nick Saban, that is, this whole dynasty that he's created there. I mean, that's just an incredible story. And even though he's a little bit slim, he's got the length. He's got almost 33-inch long arms, and it's just... Uh, to, to for the zone defense for them to look for that type of uh, player and athlete and person, I think it's a it's a home run. I honestly, as long as he just stays afloat during training camp, I would be shocked if he doesn't make the roster. Yeah, I think he's probably the most likely undrafted guy to stick. Yeah, and you know he's probably the best one that they picked up. Yeah. Right. Um, Oh, you're going out of turn. I get two and three. It's, oh, it's that's like, right. you it's, got a snake here. Yeah, we got snake draft. Um, all right, next I will go with... Ooh, this is big because I don't know who you're going to take. Um, I'm going to go with Connor McDermott, um, the offensive tackle who the Bills picked up off waivers from the Patriots last year. Uh, he's getting to a spot to where I think he's, he's going to make the team I think the Bills really like him, and I would not be shocked if Connor McDermott at some point in training camp gets first-team reps at right tackle. I, I know Jordan Mills is kind of a, a mainstay there, but uh, but look, I mean, Connor McDermott is someone that they believe in. I mean, he's huge. He's six foot eight, um, is over 300 pounds now, which his, his weight, because he was a former basketball player and everything like that, put on a ton of weight at UCLA to, to play at the position. I think he has some potential, and I think they believe in his potential. So I I think Connor McDermott cracks the roster, and I think he's someone to keep an eye out as we kind of go forward here. Go ahead. Yeah, he's been getting a lot of run, and he's really sort of cemented himself, I think, as a guy that makes this team. Yeah, and, at both and, right and left tackle. Yeah, he's kind of the swing tackle. There's a reason they were kicking Newhouse inside, I think, and it's because they probably feel pretty good about what they have there with, with uh, Connor McDermott. I've got so I'm interested to see what this guy does when he puts the pads on. He's a guy I liked in college. It was hard to really get a gauge for him during the spring, but Corey Thompson from Ooh, LSU. I like him. I think he's a guy that he's almost in the Matt Milano mold of being a little bit undersized for linebacker, but having the cover skills to be a little bit of a chess piece. Wouldn't be surprised if this is a guy that maybe lands on the practice squad yeah, I'd agree when there. it's all said and done mm-hmm. and you know they give him a year to figure things out. But I like the way he moves. I like, you know, the the physicality he brings, and I'm interested to see how it translates once pads are on and he's playing with the big boys. But I think that's a guy that can can definitely play and if he finds his way in this defense, then I think he's a guy that that definitely has a long term future here uh, as long as he has a good summer mm-hmm. you got another one I do have two in a row don't I mm-hmm. tough to make tough to pick just one here I'm gonna well you have to. everybody knows how I, everybody knows how I feel about Marcus Murphy so I'll, I'll let that one slide yeah um, I'm gonna go with 
Dean Marlowe. Mm, and furiously crossing yeah. him off my board. I think, you know, we mentioned the big nickel position. I, I think he's big enough to play that. Uh, I think he's also a guy that is, could be, you know, featured on special teams. He's a guy that they they've had before uh he was down in carolina and i think you know he's sticking around for a reason Mm -hmm. and uh you know he was an undrafted free agent of the panthers in 2015 so it's about time if he's gonna be an nfl player that this would be about the time that he does it uh and becomes sort of that that full-time guy he's gonna turn 26 in the summer so i'm thinking that guy has a chance to be on this roster and have some sort of role because Behind Micah Hyde and Jordan Poyer, it's kind of wide open at safety. Yeah, I really like Marlowe. I think uh, the big nickel role is something you brought up last time around when we wrapped up uh, minicamp, and I think that is something that that he would definitely be in the conversation for. I think there's a legitimate chance the Bills keep five safeties because I don't think they're going to cut Saran Neal. Um, my question is, he had kind of a rough spring, and I want to see if, if he bounces back and if he doesn't, then they're going to need a capable fourth safety. And I think Marlowe, more so than the two McCrays uh, that are at safety, um, would step into that role, at least what he showed so far in spring workouts. But again, don't get too high or too low. All right, last one uh, for this question. Normally, I would go with Keith Tobridge, but I I uh, spoke quite a bit about Tobridge on the last podcast. So I'm going to, I'm going to give you my sleeper that I think is probably one of the uh, I think Buffalo was going to love this guy. Zach Olstad, the fullback, the tryout kid from Harmony, Minnesota, which has like 996 people total there. Division two Winona State. Um, he, he spent the past seven summers spraying mud off buses, school buses, and getting them prepared for the next year. He said if he, he wasn't with an NFL team, that's what he would be doing right now. And he might even be doing it as we're, we're sitting here recording it, just because he liked it so much. Um, he's he's an interesting guy. Um, he He's tight with Adam... Uh, God, Thielen. Thielen, sorry. Um, he's tight with him and, and spoke with him before he's even, he even tried out. And I think with, uh, with Olstead, there is a legitimate chance for him, maybe not to make the roster... But I think there's a legitimate shot for him to crack the practice squad because, you know, they they do still believe in a fullback. And, I mean, they've got 10 spots on the practice squad now. And, and he's just super hard worker. He's not going to take a single second for granted. And I just think about that. And if he shows any inkling of talent throughout uh, training camp in the preseason, I think that's going to be someone that, that they gravitate towards for, for that type of role. And if it, should anything happen to Patrick DeMarco... Then you've got Zach Olstad, who you can plug right into the active roster and, and go from there. So I, I got Olstad. I know you probably have been watching too much of Olstad. Well, he's another guy that, you know, that position, you can stand out when pads come on. Oh, yeah. And you can't do a whole lot to stand out without pads. I think he's, he's going to crush guy. people. He's going to have a few moments that get people pretty fired up, yeah. especially in preseason games and probably in camp practices. He strikes me as a guy that, that has a little bit of a screw loose and, and can unleash <laughs> a little bit when he, when he's on the field. Definitely. Going from cleaning mud to, you know, cracking linebackers seems like a pretty smooth transition. <laughs> yeah, I will say, though, if he wasn't actually playing football, that's not what he would be doing year-round. He, he wanted to be a phys ed teacher, so for what it's worth. Okay, uh, next up we have 
MJ at sick underscore you Terry. I don't know. Um, what is the potential for John Miller having a bounce back year? Dable system seems to fit his strengths. Could you answer me what Dable system is? Because I don't know if I, I technically could just yet. Because uh, I think that that part of it might be a little bit overblown. But they are giving John Miller a legitimate shot. And they haven't taken a single, at least to our knowledge, uh, first team rep away from him at right guard. Yeah, and that I think is the biggest evidence that the system fits him better. Yeah. Is that Brian Dable came in and identified you know, John Miller as a guy that he wanted in the lineup. And... It just makes the case of Ryan Groy really fascinating. Mm -hmm. Uh, The fact that, yeah, maybe he could start at center, but he might lose that job. And there's not a lot of people just assume there's a guard spot waiting for him. But I just don't think that's the case. So I think John Miller has a really good chance to have a bounce back here. Mm -hmm. I mean, you're talking about a guy who showed a lot of promise early on in his career and has had a lot of injuries and kind of wasn't in a good place mentally because Mm -hmm. of that and because of some other factors he seems to be a little bit refreshed by the fact that he's getting this this extra chance and he's one of the most you know the when he was playing at his best he's one of the most talented linemen interior linemen that they have on the roster i think he should start and if he does he has every opportunity, I think, to have a bounce back year in what is a very important year for him. I'll take a step up from that. From a raw talent perspective, he is the most talented interior lineman they have right now. But I won't tell Vlad you said that. He's he doesn't care. <laughs> he's he's such a happy guy. It doesn't matter. Um, John Miller. It would be awfully tough for him to not be better than he was last year. It. It did not go well for him in those four games. And he was constantly a weakness. And maybe it was a scheme thing. Maybe maybe he just felt like he was trying to be phased out. They never really gave him a full day, it seemed like, of practice with, with the first team unit because he was always swapping in and out with Vlad Dukas. I think for him, he understands where he is. He's kind of recentered himself. He went back home and, and just kind of breathed and got back to himself and uh, I think that's going to be important for him and it's a huge year because it's his contract year and I honestly believe that if he plays as well or maybe close to as well as what he did in his second season then you know there's there's a case to be made that that the Bills should try to resign him maybe not to huge money but they could probably get him on a pretty fair deal it's just all depending on how he responds and when things get physical in training camp and much like any other position. But John Miller's one you should be hopeful for because, I mean, you know the talent is there. It's just a matter of unearthing it. All right, next from uh, At Rockpile Report. In honor of the solstice, can you please explain what it is you have against cargo shorts? I mean, come on. They're the SUV of summer attire. Listen, I will not debate the functionality of cargo shorts it's just not a me I I just I just can't do it I did cargo shorts when I was in middle school and I feel like when I when I have cargo shorts on and I don't ever but if I feel like I did I would feel like I was walking around in middle school and I would be dragging out just useless crap out of my out of my pockets and granted if you're a dad probably a whole different story but yeah, I feel like my attitude on this will change if slash when I become a dad, because right. you need to carry a lot more 
junk around, but not no pun intended. But uh, I think right. Um, <laughs> if you're trying to live, so much <laughs> interesting. If you're trying to streamline your life and not carry around too much stuff, yes, then you know you don't need the extra pockets, and then they're just too bulky. And right, I I totally agree. And listen, I am not. I'll give you an example here. My uh, my coworker Matt Beauvais, he's got like a pretty thick wallet, like. I joke with them that it's Costanza style, even though it's quite a bit less than what Costanza does. Um, but he just packs everything in there. I'm like, how much crap do you need in there? And so in my mind, I'm like, Beauvais is totally going to be a cargo short guy whenever he gets there. Um, but as as a comparison, my wallet, I'm very much a minimalist. I got a super slim one. It's got a money clip. If I ever have money on it, it's just enough room for the the essential cards. And it's like, that's... Kind of my attitude toward, toward cargo shorts. So if you want a, a window into the soul, there you go, Rock Pile, Pile Report. I'm happy to explain my position on uh, not feeling like a middle schooler and, and having cargo shorts on. Uh, although I do reserve my right to change my opinion as I get older when I have children. But even then, I probably won't do it. Knowing me, I'm, I would probably just rather have a bag. I'm going to go with a fanny pack instead. Dude, <laughs> fanny packs are the essence of functionality. No, I'm just kidding. Uh, yeah, so apologies to those who do cargo shorts. I know there's a lot of you out there, but it, it's, it's just not it's just not me. I, I'd, I'd rather carry a bag than carry it in near my knees. That's that's about it. All right. Fair and balance. Uh, let's see. I'm trying to think. Uh, ooh, here's an interesting one. Brian at Big Empty seventy seven writes in: Could Nathan Peterman be traded if he shows well in preseason? Last year, the Bills only kept two quarterbacks. This is a different spin on the conversation we had at the beginning of the podcast. Brian, I don't see it. I I think I think Sean McDermott likes Nathan Peterman so much that uh, that he wants to keep him on this year. I think the the more interesting conversation would be if Nathan Peterman has to start some games. Do they think about trading him after the season as a potential, you know, with with still two years left on his rookie deal, as a potential player for someone to to bring in as with some starting potential? I think that's that would would be a conversation I would definitely entertain if I were the Bills, um, if if all goes well from the Peterman standpoint. Yeah, I think I just don't think they're gonna get rid of him in any way, shape, or right. form, but. Next off season, all bets are off. Just because by then, you know Josh Allen is your guy. Mm-hmm. Unless he's rehabbing a very serious injury, you're going into you know 2019 with him locked in as your starting quarterback. So then there are conversations to be had about what you do about the backup spot. I still think their ideal situation is to have Nathan Peterman develop into a backup, you know, a solid backup for them, but. They'd be silly not to entertain offers. Same goes for McCarron. If they, if any come in during the summer, if a quarterback gets hurt, um, if Jameis Winston gets suspended, which there's some scuttlebutt that that could happen, mm-hmm. uh, I think that's where you know some possibilities might open up for them. But with Peterman, I just don't think they're going to pull the trigger that quickly because I don't think his value will really be where you want it to be to warrant a trade 
unless he gets into some games and plays really well because everybody probably still has that that lasting image of him from Los Angeles. Mm-hmm. Yeah, it's. Uh, I think for for him, it is. This is a huge off or a huge training camp, huge preseason, and the Bills would surely like to have be able to have that conversation next off season because, you know, as you said, it next year if it's not the Josh Allen era, then something's wrong over there I mean, because then you get into Trevor Simeon, Paxton Lynch territory where you're sitting there starting that late-round quarterback that you really weren't intending to while your first-round pick can't get on the field. So, um, yeah, if, if Peterman plays well enough throughout the summer, then it pushes it off to a we'll-see. And maybe um, maybe it's Peterman, let's say Peterman starts the year that and actually shows a pulse that while it would take away time from Josh Allen on the field it would might also create for themselves an opportunity but at that point you have to weigh all right well why why should we continue be giving be giving this guy at the time if we feel Josh is ready and it's just a a difficult weighing that game that they're going to have to do so I could definitely see them thinking to themselves all right if he puts together something nice then let's see if we could trade him after the year okay um this is the greatest question we've ever gotten, by the way. Okay, go ahead. I don't, I, it might go over your head, but we've got Jaff Ryan asks. Who I know personally. He's do good, you know he, He's a good guy. Oh, yeah. he's it. He asked my favorite question that we've ever been asked on this podcast, which is when everybody is around and we're swinging for long bombs away, how do we come around to know, man, this is really what it's all about? <laughs> I, I, don't know, I don't know what to do with that. If you don't know what that's from... Google Ball Champions by Good Neighbor Stuff. Uh, it's like a sketch comedy group that does YouTube videos. And there's one where this guy is walking around the field at a Giants game, a San Francisco Giants game, asking just horrendous questions to the ball players <laughs> and the fans. And that is one of the questions. When everybody's around and we're swinging for long bombs away, how do we come around to know, man, this is really what it's for? <laughs> That's incredible. That is outstanding. And, you know, there's there's some... Were they actually, like, in media scrums? No, this, oh, he okay. was walking around at, like, okay. batting... That particular question, I believe he walks around at batting practice. Okay. and Or he's just, like, asking fans questions that make absolutely no sense. He's horrendously awkward intentionally. They also have one where they do it at a L.A. Lakers um, championship parade. Uh, there's a lot of them. It, I've... It, they're very very funny i think one of the guys got a gig at snl or something um but yeah interesting it's a, it's a funny crew I, so he asked that question and i'm thinking is this what i think it is I'm like, <laughs> am i seeing this correctly he is going to give you all the props in the world <laughs> yeah. for knowing it too all right last question uh we're gonna keep going with the theater of the absurd here uh the bills blues at the bills blues asks who is darlene come on Tell me, please. You know what, the Bills Blues? I don't think I can. I, I feel like that's something you should know by now. Yeah. That's 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 between you and Twitter. I think it's it you can do some investigating. Oh yeah. But let, uh, hang on. Let let me do a simple search on TweetDeck. 
Um, what episode was it? Man, it, it might, had to have been pretty early. I think it was. What game was it that she was tweeting at you that you were giving? Whoa, 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 whoa! You're getting it. Okay, we'll we'll do it. Um, Darlene, who may or may not still be a listener to the podcast, I'm I not don't know entirely that she sure. Ever was she well, listened? She, she listened on to one board right. at one point, right? Darlene, uh, after one of the early games, I want to say maybe Raiders, um, she was not very pleased that when I was uh, tweeting during the game, I said, the Raiders can exploit this part of the Bills' defense because, or, or something something along those lines, because it's it's not playing well today. There's a, there's a gaping weakness there. And Darlene was incensed, and it happened before halftime, and and she said, "Hey, could you stop giving the team ideas of how to beat the Bills? Could you stop, please? Like this, the opposite team is scrolling through Bills media Twitter feeds and and thinking to themselves, oh, you know what? That's that's the thing we have to do right here, right now. So I hit her with a come on, Darlene. No." We talked about it on the podcast, and then it was the Buccaneers game. It was so the Buccaneers been, game. It must have been that night, which would have been October twenty second. Yeah, you actually have to go back to the old channel to find the episode, but, it's, which is gone. Which is gone. So <laughs> actually, yeah. It. So I guess you can't do the the research. It was the Buccaneers game, and the um, <laughs> the first tweet I can find is you tweeting, "If I'm the Buccaneers, I'm putting Deshaun Jackson." <laughs> against Sharice Wright and letting him go have some fun. And then you followed up with that with, they're doing it, by the way. And Darlene said, someone take his cell phone away. <laughs> oh, memories, memories, memories. And, and thus, a to which you said, it's my laptop, Darlene. And she said, a power failure at the stadium would be good then. <laughs> which, by the way, Darlene... Ended up, like, at the end of the season, after the Bills made the playoffs, she sent socks to my office, which is hilarious. Did I tell you this? Yes. Darling, I, I don't know. I wasn't sure if I, I said this on the podcast. She sent socks. and the, I, Which I was, is a, a very drastic leap from yes. her saying, someone needs to attack you. <laughs> Shut up. I think they're reading your post. Which is why you always give trolls a chance. That's that's well, maybe not always, but but uh, she's she just seemed like she was a little uh, intense during the game. And if there's a little comedy to be had, then then why the hell not, right? Um, but yes, thus a segment was formed, and it will be coming back. And I for believe the it was it her daughter or somebody that was listening to the podcast yes. that said you have to listen to this. Right. Maybe it was her son or or something. Along those lines, someone she knows was telling her to listen to the podcast because she kept getting mentioned. So. Yep, and it will continue. Yeah, it will never stop. And she's been quiet on Twitter lately. So uh, taking a, a good, you can't just have that level of intensity. Oh yeah, year round. You yeah. got to take some breaks. Yeah, you got to ramp up for the preseason by all means. I mean, oh, I'm gonna love it when she comes at me for something I say in the preseason. It's gonna be great. All right, so that's the genesis behind uh, the Come On Darlene segment. And, of course, we will be doing it again during the season. All right, I think that's going to that's that's gonna be it for this version of the podcast. Again, if you want to get in on the giveaway, we're going to be doing that in the next couple of weeks here um, for the vintage Jake Plummer white Cardinals jersey with the blue and yellow sun patch. 
If you don't know what I mean, go go Google it because that, that part of it is awesome. Um, and to do so, comment, uh, uh, rate our podcast on Apple Podcasts, Stitcher, Google Play, mostly Apple Podcasts, though, if you have access to it, or SoundCloud. Um, and we will give it away when we get to 50. We have 56 reviews right, right. now. We will do it when we get at least 59 because 59 was Jake Plummer's highest ever completion percentage in a year for the Arizona Cardinals. (laughs) All right. So at least three more. Um, And then and then we'll uh, put all the put all the names. And by the way, when you rate and comment, make sure to put your Twitter handle or some way for us to contact you to get you the goods. By all means. All right, uh, that's going to do it for us. Next week, we'll uh, we'll we'll reconvene um, and uh, and go over a little bit more. And then I I will have to warn you, there might be a lull in the Bills beat between uh, in the month of July. Um, we both have some vacations to to explore and and everything like that. So uh, it might uh, it might be a little bit of time, maybe maybe a couple of weeks. But uh, you know, bear with us. We'll be back ready and adam before way before training camp comes around all right for matthew fairburn of the athletic congrats again uh my name is joe biscalia we will talk to you next week see ya